The summer of love continues. Sweet Spanish nothings whispered into the ears of managers, stadiums of light and heady embraces after last-minute raptures. And then, and then, there was Blackpool. Oh, Blackpool. This is the Totally Football League show. Not to be confused with the Totally Football show or the Totally Scottish Football show, although we got lots of retweets as a result of it being confused by both. So thank you, do continue. Never in need of a translator, they just like being that close. Man of every club turned gamekeeper, Adrian Clark's here. Yeah, hello. You've got your own show, haven't you? I have, yeah. I'll yeah, not this one, too. so shush. <laughs> uh, self-confessed, blazer wide of many a shot, just read his Twitter bio. Sam Parkins here. Hi, Caroline. How are you doing? Although uh, you are going to tell us, a st- not to break it to anyone a bit later, you are going to tell us a story about scoring more goals than someone else we're going to talk about. Well, yeah, but I, he's very much, uh, he m- maybe was in my shadow, but he's not in my shadow anymore. And I'm a little bit concerned that my uh, name in the Hall of Fame at one West Country club is going to be wiped away and replaced with his. I don't know about anyone else, but I really don't want to hear that story now, do you? Maybe we will a bit later. And anyone who follows his Twitter will know he knows his affects from his effects from William Hill, Joe Crilly. Hello. Are you basking in the glory of being published in a local newspaper? I am indeed. Explain. I, uh, so I went to Bolton Wanderers away at West Brom and I happened to notice a a rather short, bald fella, and recognised him as Stelios Janakopoulos, European Cup winner oh, yeah. uh, for Greece and Bolton legend. Uh, and I just took a, a paparazzi snap, long lens, from miles away and, and posted it on Twitter and it, it kind of went off a bit and, and the reporter from the Bolton News got in touch and said, could he use it? So, right. yeah, published uh, photographer Joe Crilly now. Does that mean you're rich now? No. Only now? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so very naive in the ways of the world. I, I, didn't, I didn't request payment. What are the odds on you becoming rich? Um, very, very long. <laughs> he still had them, though. He was looking. You see him looking. Uh, if you, too, have been published in the Bolton... Bolton News. News. Uh, feel free to get in touch at The Totally Show. Uh, lots of people have been in touch. Some rudely suggesting that, that I did a very poor, Birmingham, intentionally, a Brummy accent last week when talking to our guest, which wasn't intentional, and I don't believe I did. But watch out, we're talking to someone from Barnsley later, so who knows where that might go. I keep winking at you because my contact lenses are very dry because I was up late reading all about the fans forum with Sheffield Wednesday. Did you read this? I've read a bit of it this morning, Good, yeah. well done you. Um, this was, the owner was up before the fans and he was asked everything. Our favourite, myself and Abby, that were, that were reading it last night, not together, but via social media. Our favourite tweet was all about the four XL shirts, but there was other stuff that was revealed within that. And I know there's other stuff we've got to talk about. He was asked whether the club was under a transfer embargo, but he brilliantly swerved it. He said he spends money to stay in the championship and to have potential of promotion. And then they went on to the size of the shirts and he didn't talk about whether they were or weren't under one just said that he's always said being under a transfer embargo was inevitable it's so blooming frustrating if you're a fan sat there asking a question and owners turned up to talk to you and give you answers and then you're like what's the point what's the point in having a fans forum if if you're not going to be open and transparent yeah i don't i don't get it and that would just arouse even more suspicion won't it now at sheffield wednesday so um yeah and and of course they got off to a to a losing start as well so dark dark times for the owls Uh, we could talk about that i mean we could talk about boiler man which is now the best mascot (laughs) outfit in the world bar none uh we could also talk about the transfer window which ends on Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this, it might already have ended. Depending if you're listening to this on Thursday after five o'clock in the evening, it might have ended, which is wrong in itself because it should always end at midnight in the dark. But that's not going to happen. Having watched all those games at the weekend, Sam, which team do you think you need to get on the phone right now? 
I think at the top of my list, given what we said last week about the potential of Middlesbrough, having seen a week where they've lost Bamford, potentially Triore and of course Gibson, he must have something up his sleeve, Tony Pulis. And I think it's a pretty well run football club. You would think they're desperate to get back into the Premier League. I think they'll do some business this week. Other end of the table, club close to my heart, Queen's Park Rangers. Just one signer at the moment, a centre-half. And they're going to need some help for these very, very talented, promising young players. But you're not going to have a successful season just reliant on unproven kids. So they need to do some business. What funds are going to be available, given what's gone on at the club and also an embargo coming in January? They need to do a bit of business. Some experienced low knees, apparently. Steve McLaren says Tony Pulis was quite interesting after that. That not only after that two-two draw with Millwall for Middlesbrough, but he was talking about them being six short, needing those extra players mm. to come in. It, it wasn't an impressive performance. They got out of jail, didn't they? Big time. On, on the subject of transfers, I actually think even though they've got off to a flyer, I think Aston Villa could do with some more bodies. I, I do believe that Hull might be relegation fodder this time around. So, so that three-one win at the, at the KCOM looks great, but I don't think in the context of the season it will be an amazing result. They need to replace the keeper, don't they? Sam Johnson from last year. I think John. Okay, they're okay in the defence, but Grealish. It looks and sounds like he might be on his way. Graben's he gone. He might hang on to him. I but do you think that's just him? That's just Steve Bruce trying to be a bit hopeful for or at the least, fans? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think he wants to destroy morale. But I gauge from his tone when he was talking about Jack Grealish that he feels as if the player wants to go. And, and it's very hard to say to a player, no, you can't go and, and play for a Champions League team. No, you can't go and earn life-changing money. You mm. have to stay here. He can't He can't as a manager, as much as he wants to say that to Jack Greenish, he can't. Otherwise, you know, it would just be ridiculous. So so he, he will hope, I think, that, that Jack Grealish comes to the decision that it's better off staying put, helping Villa get into the Premier League and to cement his place in club folklore. Whether that <laughs> trumps life-changing money and the chance to play for Spurs, who knows? Has to be a plan because they lose Grealish at this late stage. Who's going to be the creative force for Aston Villa? They're very light at the top end of the pitch as well. well Snodgrass as well, didn't they? Of you, course, who, yeah. who was brilliant for them last year. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think Hogan's still injured. Codger's a little bit rusty at the moment. I think the jury's out with the Aston Villa supporters. So there has to be contingency. And who's going to be the person that they're going to pluck potentially from uh, a lower level to come in and try and replicate what Grealish has given them? Joe, did you stuff up over any predictions over the weekend? Is there a team that you think, I, I didn't expect that and maybe they need to do something? Yeah, West Brom. I was looking at their team and the lineups between West Brom and Bolton was, was so... Well, West Brom have still got half-decent Premier League players. They've got Jake mm. Livermore, who was in the England squad last season. And watching the match, they had a lot of possession, but they didn't have anybody who could score, which is weird because they had Jay Rodriguez on the pitch. But Hal Robson-Carnu probably won't start now that Dwight Gale's through the door. I think that's a good signing. They probably need So he's another... the solution, do you think, Gale? He's proven it in the Championship before, time and time again. So I, I, I think he's probably going to be more effective in the Championship yeah. than Rondon. I also think that Rondon's probably going to be more effective for Newcastle in the Premier League than Dwight Gale was. But I also think they need a couple of bodies in defence. They, they looked very shaky at the back. I mean, Bolton had less than 30% possession. They had four shots and two of them went in. If we look at Leeds and the convincing win over mm. Stoke, I mean, who would say that Stoke would win the championship? Who would have said that last week? And maybe scrub that out. Did we scrub that out? No, can we scrub that out? You can't hear last week's show, it's gone. If you look at West Brom compared to Stoke then, both with this sort of realisation it's going to be 
tougher than than we thought. It was a rude awakening, wasn't it? No, no doubt about that. I think West Bromwich Albion on the subject of them. When was the last time the Baggies had seventy two percent of possession? I mean, mm. normally it's it's the other way around, isn't it? So, in training, but but on a serious note, I mean, Sam will know this. The yeah, in training, um, attack <laughs> versus defence. Yeah, it, it did. It did. Yeah, just just sunk in, but. In all seriousness, when you're used to not having much of the ball yeah. and suddenly you, you, you're you just swamped with it, it, it is a very, very different way of playing, isn't it? And I think it might take a good few weeks for Albion to get used to this new lifestyle in the Championship. Yeah, I think Bolton did a really good job and that's going to happen. Darren Moore was very open after the game that teams are going to come in and play a certain way and they performed the perfect away performance. Bolton Wanderers and two debutants with the goals as well. Mm. I think Stoke's defeat, very different at Leeds United given that they they have had a period with a new manager who's clearly instilled fitness first and foremost and a really expansive, exciting, energetic way of playing football and they blew Stoke away. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic performance and last season they had the tools to a degree I think in the front areas in Alioski and Saez but ill-discipline cost them all the time and just looking at this bloke I mean, he looks like the godfather. He'd certainly get me toe in the line. So, And but, also, can, can we call out everyone that's been saying on social media about uh, laughing at him doing this interview post-match with a translator? If, if you haven't seen it, there's Bielsa doing an interview via a translator for the telly. The translator gets ever so close, like this close, and is almost licking his ear. But who of you, well, probably you're all fluent Spanish speakers now, Bielsa, an Argentinian, he's speaking in Spanish, and he did some English, didn't he? There was a little bit of English was thrown in there. Who of you could stand up and do a, a full interview in, in Spanish? Unless I was asking for a couple of beers and a, a <laughs> bowl of meatballs. That's, 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 all that's the post-match I want to hear, though. To be fair. So that's all right. I you thought bless that. him on that. He tried, didn't he? And, and it was it, obviously it came out just in literally four-word answers, didn't it? After yeah. a great deal of dialogue. But yeah, the other thing with him was 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 sitting on the call box. Should we should we do that in tribute to Bielsa maybe here in the studio in the, in the weeks to come? Sit on call well, box. I, I mean, it was <laughs> pretty comfortable. It was so impressive. He had good players, didn't he, to work with with Saez and Alioski Hernandez. We, we, we we know that, but yeah, I was so impressed. And Cleach, the guy who was farmed out last season, deemed not really good enough, comes in and he he was like the Duracell bunny, wasn't he? He was everywhere, piling into the box. I thought it was an unreal performance, very, very impressive. So um, yeah, my my tip last week, I, that was one I did get okay so yeah. far. I said I think it's going to go okay for, for Leeds. But, one uh, game in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to claim it. One thing I do want to ask you is you two as former players I'm not discounting you from this Joe but Ryan Shawcross the Stoke captain afterwards said it's a massive wake up call after a tough hard pre-season we thought we were ready but we couldn't compete with their intensity or hard work we thought we were ready I think it's it's one game isn't it maybe took them a little bit unawares the yeah but should it I think it can do. I think the weather would have played a part as well at the weekend. I think the home advantage for Leeds United, that support they get there, new manager. Mm. We spoke about it a lot last year, a lot on this show. Collection of individuals is not necessarily going to get you promoted and get you right at the top of the table to begin with. Aston Villa, Middlesbrough last year. I see Stoke being similar to that. It may take Gary Rowett a little bit of time to understand his best partnerships, his best team. And then, I'm sure, for our sake, Stoke will win the title by a considerable distance. And playing away from home is is really different yeah, to playing on home turf. It shouldn't be. 
because it's the same pitch. It's it's the same, it's grass. It, you know, it doesn't. It, logic says it's football. It should be the same, but it isn't. The environment when the environment changes, when the intensity of that crowd and the energy that the home players get from that crowd, it does make a huge difference. And what you need when you are playing away from home is is real teamwork, and you need togetherness, resilience, etc. All of those qualities. And I think Stoke just didn't quite have that in this game. They were they were literally blown away, weren't they, by by the lead storm and I thought some of the defending was absolutely terrible. Eric Peters, a Premier League left back, he looked like a rookie. He was three, four yards behind the line several times when they were trying to hold a hold a square line. It was yeah, a lot for Gary Rowett to work on. You could tell afterwards, couldn't you? Gary Rowett, he was steaming. He was not happy. There was a certain phone call to a certain programme that I may or may not have been involved in and the guy wanted Rowett out there and then. <laughs> There's 90 minutes. It's the kind of the same thing that if Leeds are all saying about Bielsa now, oh, the God, oh, we do all I like thought it. we weren't allowed to talk about our other programmes. Oh, I'm not talking about it. Do you have another Program. I was asking Joe about that. They might, I might have been talking to someone at the bus stop. That's what right, I do. Right. I can't help but open my mouth and talk rubbish. But it is that we all do pin something on the first 90 minutes. Since yeah. the Bolton elect. <laughs> yeah, although I've, I'm under no illusions that we are going to go on and win the title now. Um, but I mean, Stoke, you've got to look at Jack Butland's mistake as well. That came at a really bad time in the game. And if he hadn't have conceded that goal, then maybe things would have been a little bit different. Mm. We've still got Stoke as clear favourites to to win the league by more than half the price of the next team. And the odds on Butler now going after the old uh, merry-go-round Chelsea on the. I way. reckon he might be staying. Yeah, I reckon he'll be staying after that. Now. Yeah. <laughs> next up, we're heading into League One. A reminder: you can be part of it too at the Totally Show. You're listening to the Totally Football League Show in association with William Hill. For all the latest odds in the footballing world, check out williamhill.com or download the app. And if you don't spot something you fancy, why not tweet at William Hill using the hashtag YourOdds for your very own personalised bet. 18 plus only, be gambleaware.org and when the fun stops, stop. Let's talk League One, or at least let's talk Blackpool. Someone just tweeted us saying, Bo, I don't know if he wants to talk Lee or Gary, but I'm thinking it's probably Gary leaving Blackpool all sorts of reasons <laughs> you got your hand up then and I don't I know just, if that's a, I don't I, want to talk about it I think that's a good place to start though because Go if on. you look at not the comparison because that's doing the Blackpool situation a disservice but look at Lee Bowyer at the moment the uncertainty at that football club mm. Gary Bowyer's done that for over two years gone in every day and not only that consecutive relegations then he got them promoted against all odds against Exeter City at Wembley and then consolidated in the top half of League One last year so Every man's got his breaking point, I think. He's conducted himself with such dignity and got a tune out of a side in consecutive seasons. And I think this year, if he hadn't lost half his team again, we could have been talking about another top half finish potentially creeping up towards those playoffs because I thought they weren't too far away last year. How do you manage in that sort of situation? We go back to 2016 when he he walks into Mm. the club. All this hope, this ambition, all that he's achieved. There's a, mm. there's a brilliant timeline in the um, Gazette talking about when he came in and then marking everything that's happened since he's been there. He would have stripped it back, I think, and just tried to compartmentalise his job and, and try not to worry about what was going on behind the scenes and think, I'm a coach, I'm a manager, I'm gonna, I've got this set of players here and I'm going to make them the best they can be. And he did a brilliant job at it. There's an argument that he was the manager of the year last year to even consolidate Blackpool in, in League One. I think it's a, it's a huge loss for the team. It will have been the fact that he's lost key players on free transfers and you can't blame those players for leaving. But I was, I was also reading that 
that they don't have a usable training ground. And you think about it, it's your place of work is the training ground. You go there every day. And if it's if the pitches are, are, are awful, if it is unusable, then it just feels like you're in an unprofessional environment and it can really, really damage morale. What he did is that he paid for a facility out of his own pocket and then claimed it back mm. off of the club. That's not sustainable. And I, d- I do not blame him one iota for, for walking away before it gets even uglier. So, yeah, I really wish Blackpool well because the fans are fantastic, but they desperately need that change at the top, don't they? Joe, I'm not sure if you've got odds on, on who could be in next. Well, you, you have a little look for those. I just wanted both of you, if you, if you as players, if you've been at a club where, where things are uncertain behind the scenes and with the manager too and his players, how much that comes through to you? It has an effect. Uh, obviously, Luton Town springs to mind for me straight away during their dark times, you know, spiralling down the divisions, administrations, point deductions. I mean, we were having more meetings with the PFA than we were with the, the club staff at one point and it can have an effect. Of course it can mm. on people, the uncertainty of contracts and, and obviously what league you're going to be playing in as well. The biggest thing during that was the supporters who remembered Luton Town playing in the top division and, and playing at Wembley. So well, that's, that's where both clubs are similar in that mm. they both have a huge, huge vocal support. support. Yeah, absolutely. And we were lucky because we got our day out in the sun in the uh, the EFL, sorry, the, the Checker Trade final. And mm. uh, we were managed to, to give something back. And of course, the supporters used that as a little bit as a, as a protest towards the governing body. So we enjoyed it. The supporters enjoyed it. And for that football club in particular, they've been able to rally together with the support of a new board and get back to somewhere where they belong and um, things look rosy for Luton so you just hope that that Blackpool will get back to a good place. There was a point last season when things started going well on on the pitch for for Blackpool and over the past couple of seasons when the fans have decided to come back so they feel like it's all working itself out. Mm. At the weekend I was trying to see how many they took. They took a load of fans to to Wickham that was nil-nil but he walked over to the crowd at the end and was giving them that I know we can read into this now after the event but was giving them that very deliberate hand clap as if to say I've got to go yeah. that's it yeah exactly. and he'd have been emotional about it because he wouldn't want to let the players down that he's brought into the club the ones mm. that he's been working with he's, he'll feel guilty about it but at the end of the day you have a breaking point, as Sam has said, and, and you have to, he has to protect his own professional reputation as well because if things do or were going to go pear-shaped in terms of the team's performances, that would have reflected badly on him and his CV. So, so yeah, it's, it's sad, but you move on. I remember I was at the game at Gillingham against Blackpool a couple of years ago, and the, the Blackpool fans basically spent the whole game abusing you know the the owner of the club and then you know telling telling him to leave telling him to leave his seat and when he did before the end of the match they they went berserk in celebration that he was leaving his seat so so yeah it's it's just not a great environment to play football i think the players have have done remarkably well to just stick with it through through these dark times one game in the manager goes apparently had crisis talks with owen oyston and that's why he ended up going joe any Sense on any sense from you? (laughs) (laughs) No, you'll be lucky. (laughs) Any thoughts on on who might come in? The list is full of like big names, but you've got to wonder whether they would want to go into that situation. I can imagine this was quite difficult to price up because the chances are you'll probably end up getting somebody from within, maybe the assistant manager coming in and and taking over the role. But at the moment, we've got Ian Holloway as the favourite, four to one. Simon Grayson, five to one. I mean, Ollie knows what that club's about. Well, yeah, he's obviously loved there as well, but I just can't see him doing it. Although he has, he was at QPR last season, so uh, he had his hands tied a little bit at that club last season yeah. as well. Well, so. the one thing we know about football management is that there, whenever there is a job that does come free, 
there are tons of applicants, no matter how unattractive that post may appear to all of us. There are so many people that are desperate to get in to football to, to prove themselves. And I know that of several managers, they've almost worked for free to get back into the EFL and the Football League to restore their reputation and to just get their name out there again. So there, there will be no shortage of, of people that fancy it. We had uh, the, the one time I'll talk about myself, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, when I was involved at Chelmsford City, we had maybe, I would say, nearly 100 applications for our, our job at the time and a number of managers that were willing to drop down. We were in National South or Conference South as it was then and, and were willing to drop down four or five leagues from their last job. And we had no money. I mean, they weren't gonna, they weren't going to do that for the money. So they're doing it to put themselves out there to get that that opportunity again. Let's run through some of the other scores from the weekend. Portsmouth beating Luton one 0 and then that, that Sunderland two one win over Charlton. That's the noise. We talk about the the noise at Ellen Road for for Leeds. It's the Stadium of Light that's pushed Sunderland over the edge there, isn't it? It was a fantastic moment, wasn't it? A real crescendo it built to him. What a diving header it was as well. Absolutely brilliant, spectacular finish to the game. And I think the new manager comes out with the the most credit, really, doesn't he, Jack Ross? Because it was it was going wrong. He was thrown a curveball by by Lee Bowyer, who went with three at the back, and he changed it and he matched them up, and he pulled off one of the players he just signed, Luca Nyan. Changed the system completely. So, given that they went on to win the game two one, his reputation has, has, has risen, hasn't it? As a result, so yeah, great start for them and, and the Black Cats fans. I guess for the first time in ages, are walking around smiling today. Yeah, it was it was nice that all the the games that the microscope was really on all the teams, Derby, Leeds, and, and Sunderland, obviously produced and gave us lots to talk about, but. Uh, the other side of that, I thought Charlton were excellent in the first half, especially yeah. Grant and um, Lyle Taylor up front. They really vibrant display from them, and you thought that it maybe not not be Sunderland's day. But I loved the the winning goal from from Goot because it was a short corner actually played back to him, and he completely missed his kick. And there was a big oh from the support. Didn't switch off. Pulled round the back. Oviedo delivered. Wonderful header. Two amazing headers this weekend. That one and Tom Lawrence. Two players I'd have loved to have been just for five minutes if I could go back you know that feeling that that, that delivery the last minute when you come from behind no better feeling those dressing rooms Derby on the Friday yeah. and then Sunderland on the Saturday. That would have been amazing. There's no better feeling as a player. I love that. That's a player I would have loved to have been. Is there anyone else? Well, Ronaldo, Messi. I mean, yeah. that's a daft question, isn't it? I'd love to be all of those. I'm all about the yeah. EFL. Oh, yeah. I've never scored a header, so uh, yeah. Really? Did I no, of course I did. Not very many. <laughs> Has it changed your mind? I'll be first in line. Joe Pretty, has it, has it, has it changed you over thoughts on, on Sunderland or any of those teams, actually? Well, we had Sunderland as favourites to win the league. I think the, the fight that they showed to actually win that game was something that's been missing for a couple of years at yeah. that club. And if they can do that, go out on the pitch and, and perform for those 30-odd thousand fans who are still going to turn up in League One, then there is no reason why they can't win this division. Charlton were fancied as well for promotion. So, I mean, to get a, a win over Charlton on the first day of the season. Which comes all the way back to what you were saying, Sam, about what Lebo's doing there and, and how he's managing to stand up against everything that's going on behind him too. There's another club I want to talk about, but I'm going to say it in a very posh way. It's Barnsley. On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Football League show from Muddy Knees Media. So the reason I'm saying Barnsley in such an exotic way is because they beat Oxford 4-0 at the weekend, which was my performance of the weekend. Uh, I don't know whether you're all agreeing or what that face, Sam, looked slightly pained, but was that an agreement? No, we were all really positive about Barnsley. We'll take that, we got one right. 
Yay! Yeah, thank yeah. goodness, because that means we can officially yeah. talk to Liam Dyson, who used to be part of the fanzine West Stand Boggs, but has now released Daydream Believers, a film all about Barnsley, and he joins us now. Hi, Liam. Morning, you all right? Are we right to be positive about your side at the moment? I think so. I think Saturday says that we should be. It's an interesting time. Obviously, we had the big takeover at the turn of the year where a lot of people came in and put a lot of money in. Obviously, that didn't really help us in the second half of last season, unfortunately, but they've kept hold of all the players that we had last year, the squad that we put together to try and stay in the Championship but failed. So hopefully, we'll have plenty enough to come straight back up. Liam, you've got the new Jurgen Klopp, haven't you? According to reports. I, I mean, this I think is, it's the other way around. Uh, yeah. I think Jurgen models himself and Daniel. Well, I, I, so. look, I looked back at the quotes from, from your chief executive, uh, Mr. Ganai, and he said, that we've identified the counter-press. This is on when he was appointed. We've identified the counter-press has been used by the most successful teams in the world, and Daniel is one of the best coaches at doing this. And I've got to say, based on what I saw of the Barnsley performance against Oxford, he was true to true to his word, true to that that kind of uh, identity, wasn't he? Yeah, we love a gag and press in Yorkshire. To be fair, so <laughs> I think the the key point is that it, it's a massive risk. I think it's fair to say that the board have sort of stuck their neck out for for Daniel. He's only got thirty odd games as a manager from his time in Germany, but he's seemingly well respected. They've started with a what type of football do we want to play? Who's the right person to come and? introduce that rather than what's the manager that we want so it's a, it's an interesting way of doing it it's definitely got some risk I know his English hasn't been great and he's been working hard to to change that over the summer but he certainly started well and I think that was needed I think whatever worries people maybe had pre-Saturday and I suppose you never really know as a Barnsley fan what you're going to get it definitely put some sort of negativity to rest. Liam I'm going to bring you right back down to earth I know you've got a lot of good young players are you a little bit concerned like years before uh, some of them may be picked off before the transfer window closes? I think you've always got that worry. I mean, if anybody comes in and offers good money for somebody at Barnsley, then they normally go, which is just the world that we live in, I think. However, the what's been interesting is that obviously post the investment of December and January, all the noise that's coming out of the club is that we've got players under contract, we don't need to sell them. And at the end of the day, these people haven't come in to oversee a club in League One they've come to oversee a club in the Championship and maybe and beyond so the only way that they're going to get return on that investment is to make sure they've got better players than the rest of the teams in this league so fingers crossed that even if we do get offered silly money I'd expect people to go before the end of this week but it feels as though that they've got plans in place to quickly replace them so that's always the big thing I know there was a point Sam you wanted to say Daniel Stendhal because you just want to do his theme tune which is Mr Wendell it's probably a good job we had his microphone down at that point uh, and I don't know why you put it back up Abby uh, but, but no worries we'll put that on repeat Liam there's there's a brilliant context to all of this which is your film Daydream Believers for those that, that want to go and see it and why wouldn't you this is a about the backdrop to the club. This is about a club that was kind of built on its its people without getting too cliched about it. No, I think that's fair. So Daydream Believers is a celebration of the greatest achievement in our history, which was our promotion and season in the Premier League in 97-98. But it's not just a, a season review of look how great we were at football. It's about the impact that that had on a town that was really struggling in the mid-90s. It was 10 years after the miners' strike and 30,000 jobs had just been wiped out completely with no plans in place to fix that. And us being good at football, and some would say for probably one of the only times in our 130-odd year history, brought a lot of belief and brought a lot of joy back to a town that was really, really struggling. 
Liam, thank you. Thanks for coming on. All the best of luck with the film. I know it's all been done through crowdfunding as well. Well worth a look. The premiere is in the Lamp Room on the 2nd of September. The ticket's out now. You can find out more if you go to twitter.com forward slash Believers or just have a look on Google for Daydream Believers too. And Liam Dyson and all that the guys down with that film are doing too. All the best of luck for the season, Liam. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Liam Dyson, they got Bradford away, Blackpool in the Cup coming up too of Barnsley and uh, I did get a little bit Barnsley then didn't I I'm sorry <laughs> hey, uh, Joe have, have we changed our thoughts on, on Barnsley that was convincing over Oxford yeah very much so they are second favourites for promotion they're 9-4 to four. that price has come in and they've leapfrogged the lights of uh, Luton Pompey and, and Charlton in the betting so yeah very much so that uh, that was the convincing win in the division and we were really impressed by them. I'm not saying anything, but I think I had them winning the uh, league. So <laughs> you win one, you lose one. <laughs> so then, in the company of Sam Parkin, Adrian Clark, and Joe Critty, we head on into League Two. Hello, I'm Andrew Slavin, and this season, Muddy Knees Media are finally turning their attention north of the wall. So why not join me and my guests for the Totally Scottish Football Show? With Stephen Gerrard's Rangers up against Brendan Rodgers' Celtic, this promises to be an incredible season. But there's far more to Scottish football than that. We'll be covering all of the Scottish football from the top of the Premiership to the bottom of League Two. Subscribe now and join us for what promises to be an unforgettable season. The Totally Scottish Football Show. Because nobody puts Scottish football in a corner. For League Two, there was a bit for Macclesfield where, as a National Leaguer in my part time, I thought, oh, that one's going to suck the life out of you. For those that, that didn't see or haven't heard or haven't read this one, Macclesfield were at Swindon. They were 2 1 up into what, six minutes of injury yeah. time, and then step forward, your story. Well, he's giving it the big build-up. No, he's a, he's a great lad, Michael Doughty. He was on loan at Swindon a few years ago, and there was a period, actually, 10 goals uh, in a row. He either assisted or scored. So, big fans' favourite down there. Went off to Peterborough last year. Didn't happen for him. Back at a place where he's loved. Starts uh, with a hat-trick. And a few of the supporters were a bit confused because he's an attacking midfield player, number eight. He's sporting number three. So, he's very eloquent. He's brighter than Adrian, this bloke. Afterwards, post-match, <laughs> post match, <laughs> that, that level isn't isn't that high. Yeah, let me I was looking you. to see where that is on the scale. It's <laughs> it's up there right, for us good, footballers. Good, thank you. And um, the number three is because his girlfriend, his fiance, is into numerology, and she said three is a very creative number. Thank goodness you didn't say she's number three after girlfriend's number one. So what happens anyway? He goes out first day of the season and gets a treble. Wow. So there you go. We're in number three. So you can imagine what the dressing room's going to be like this morning after he spouted that load of... <laughs> it's spooky, though, isn't it? I mean, three. Magic three. I mean, three goals. Is it spooky? Is it? Can we get her on to do the predictions every week? I didn't even know there was a thing called numerology. <laughs> did, I, did I pronounce it anywhere near right? Should, should we I'm get no idea. scale again? Can she come on the show next week? Can you make that happen? If you can't, then mm, I'm doubting your position. Uh, they, they are one of those teams where, I guess, as fans, you've gone up, you're riding that changing manager for Macclesfield yeah. at least and then and then for that to happen mm. is a bit of a sucker punch yeah I, I felt really sorry for uh, little Kobe Arthur who scored twice for Macclesfield beautiful goal you see his yeah. little chip wasn't it over the goalkeeper who, who, who was caught stranded he was supposed to be the hero and going into injury time it, 
yeah, he was getting the headlines. So it was, I, I feel a bit sorry for him as well as for Macclesfield. But yeah, the uh, it's a yeah fantastic start for Swindon, I guess, and Phil Brown, who who is under pressure. Let's be honest, Swindon are one of the big teams in in League Two. They needed to get off to a good start. He thrives on that though. It'll, it'll be all right. <laughs> Tranmere with a two-two draw at Stevenage as well. Back in the the football league, and Tom James. Why should he be hanging his head in shame? The first player to be sent off in the Football League this season, Yeovil's Tom James. That was, that was a Berry, a 1-0 defeat at Berry for them. Joe, anyone that kind of stood out for you this, this week? Just anyone. I mean, it can be someone that was a bit taller than you on the tube uh, in, in League Two. <laughs> yeah, crew. I mean, we did touch on uh, on Morecambe perhaps struggling this season yeah. last week, but... Uh, crew who yeah who did didn't really pull up too many trees last season uh, to come out and win six 0 on the, the first day of the season is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, James Jones uh, scored twice from outside the box in that game, so it's a wonderful start to the campaign for him. Um, Yeovil, by the way, they went down to nine men, didn't they? It's the third time this year they've gone down to nine men. I mean, Darren, Darren Way is a He's feisty. Yeah, he, he, he's always. I played against him many times. He, he was a little tiger in midfield, and he. He can be a grumpy so-and-so as a manager as well. You just wonder maybe he needs to rein it in a little bit because his players are not showing... Uh, they're overstepping the line, aren't they, uh, on a regular basis? And one of the tackles was just uh, uh, X-rated. But do you think the he, he's demanding that of his players? Not X-rated not, tackles? No, 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 of course. But I, I think he's just pumping them up, isn't he? He, 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 is, he likes a siege mentality, Darren Way. And I, I think that's a, that's a policy that he... He deploys. I, I did see that he had him off at uh, an army camp, you know, where one of those where they were woken in the dead of night and taken off with blindfolds on and all that camaraderie. And and so I think um, he's got them very together because they're going to be fighting against the odds this year. A lot mm. of people fancying them to go down. I saw this in a carpool karaoke that they've been doing with a lot of the uh, the managers and players in the West Country yeah. on a uh, rival media outlet. But it was very entertaining. Can we spare a thought for, for Grimsby's Danny Collins? Did yes. you see the, the own goal of the week? A- absolutely. I mean, it was, a, it was an absolute peach, wasn't it? It was the no-look back pass with the goalkeeper nowhere near between his posts. Just rolled it gently into the empty net. Lovely. My, my theory on that, though, he wants one of the Forest Green shirts because they were playing Forest Green and they lost 4-1. And Forest Green have got a little star, haven't they, above their badge for, for their promotion? Mm. They've, they've got three, haven't they? Yeah. They've got three stars, although two of them are blacked out on the back of the shirt, I think. Ready. And it's, it's for, the first one is promotion into the Football League, and the next two are potential promotion into League One and then the Championship. Which Yeah, that's a, that's a bit cringe. Well, isn't it? we lived off the Essex Senior <laughs> Trophy for at least 10 years. <laughs> the, the treble of uh, Bolton Wanderers, AFC Wimbledon, and Forest Green to all win was 100 to 1. And, and were you on that? Uh, sadly not, no. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget, I said, I said Grimsby were going to be my dark horses. Oh, yeah. oh, I did forget about that. Uh, which is a key point to move on to what's coming up this week. At The Totally Show, for your thoughts on anything you hear, to get in touch with Adrian, with Sam and with Joe. They didn't know that. I was just going to let them get in touch. Do you not, not get on that and talk? No. OK, that's all right. If you want to talk to them, I'm sure there are other means too. Apparently through numerology. Yeah. Um, which it. is not easy to see. Let's pick out some of the games then coming up this week. It would be very easy to throw in Derby Leeds, which I've, I've just done. That's on that there, Telly. Who knows which way that one will go? So we, I mean, swerve that one if you want. I think it's worth tuning in for for sure. I think it could be a match between two title contenders, two player uh, promotion hopefuls for sure. Impressed by both of them. The football that Derby played in the second half of the game on Friday was very impressive, and Leeds were just just sensational. Can they keep it up? Yeah, that is that could be. 
I mean, on paper, it looks like one of the games of the season, but let's mm. not get too carried away. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Uh, Stoke, Brentford, though, for me. Uh, Brentford, so impressed with them over the, the weekend. I know Dean Smith, the manager, was sort of saying, oh, oh yeah, well, I mean, almost, we're quite good now. <laughs> quite like what I see. But if they go to Stoke and if Stoke come off with another stinker of the weekend, that might might be a little bit of a heart flutter. Yeah, I mean, Brentford, brilliant. I think the big question mark for them for the last 12 months has been about the central striker. Who's going to get the goals? What better way to start the season for Mope? 13, I think he got last year, gets himself a couple of tap-ins. And if that's the missing piece of the jigsaw, they'll go really close. Got some great players, all know their jobs. Bit of a concern they may lose uh, Woods before the transfer window closes. But they're going to be great Brentford this year. Everyone enjoys watching them play. And they'll enjoy going to Stoke. That's what I said last week about teams that are going to be going to West Broms and, and obviously Sunderland, the tier below. You're mm. going to go there and some of those lads won't have experienced that before. You'll enjoy it. Big atmosphere when they're singing Delilah and all that. It's fantastic. So they'll go there, play some nice stuff, but you'd expect Stoke with a home support to respond to that, that opening day defeat yeah. and, and give a better fist of it. It won't be easy. Though, because Brentford uh, are no fearers of reputations. No. They they will go home and away. Brentford will play their football. And if anyone hasn't seen Brentford play in the flesh, do it. Go yeah. go and watch them because they are they are a joy. They really are. It's just they just play with a real freedom under Dean Smith, who was actually a really rugged, hard man defender. I remember playing against him. So so I'm always quite impressed when a when a manager is is one style of player, then their teams, when they turn out to be a manager, are the complete opposite. So so well done to Dean Smith. It just occasionally Brentford are very much like the, the jelly babies we've been consuming this morning. You might get one of those purple ones, and you think, but but then all of a sudden the strawberries back in, and you're onto another winner. Joe Bolton, Bristol City, Bristol City equally uh, have had a few of those purple jelly babies this season. I, I, I just this season, one game in. <laughs> I am ridiculous. We're one game in. We're one game in, Joe. You're going to win the title. Uh, Bolton are playing <laughs> Bristol City. Yeah, and it would be great to to follow up West Brom victory uh, with another one at home. The thing I worry about with Bolton is that the squad is very small and, as people always say, the rough and tumble of the championship, games on Tuesday, games on the weekend. Well, uh, funny you're playing Bristol City then because that, that was the levelled at them after the cup run and, and whether yeah. it would affect them. I, I went to that game last year. I was on co-coms for it and it, they took the roof off when uh, they scored the goal. It was a driving run through the heart of the pitch. I think it was Sammy Amiobi. Went all, all the way up the pitch and yeah. then spanked it in the bottom corner. That... You thought then that was the turning point of the season. It, it subsequently went pear shaped, but he, but actually you, you, you were well. <laughs> <laughs> you were actually a lot better than Bristol City that night, and yeah, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you won that game. That's the championship. Then I mean that was an extensive preview to the weekend. I don't think you're going to get better anywhere else, but maybe you just want to have a little look online. Uh, in League One, Wimbledon, Coventry. I, I was surprised with Wimbledon's result at the weekend. Coventry. I think need to start picking up results early on. I doubt they're going to get it at Wimbledon though this weekend. We said it, didn't we? That they'd go up there and spoil the yeah. party. I wanted to get Joey Barton in because I enjoyed his uh, his kind of budget Pep Guardiola outfit. He went t-shirt and chinos, which got a thumbs up for me. But of course, Fleetwood losing to, I, to Wimbledon. I didn't enjoy his reflect review upgrade mantra at the end of the game. So um, anyone follows uh, David Brent by mistake, David Brent by accident or whatever it is on Twitter, they're going to have plenty of content this season. <laughs> Accidental partridge. You watch, you watch Joey. He's all right. He can take one defeat. Let's see after two or three defeats for Fleet. Let's see if he's so calm next time around. And yeah, he was, uh, I liked, I quite liked his get up too, but, yeah, but, yeah, but he needs that. to keep those trainers clean. It's essential. Fleetwood are at Oxford United this weekend, Joe. I, I think they might be all right. I think they might get get a point there Oxford are just above evens to win it at 5-4 to four. 
Fleetwood 11 to 5 the draw 23 to 10 so just over 2 to 1 League two then, unless anyone else has a burning desire to talk about Luton Sunderland, we've kind of spoken a little bit about that. That's that with fans behind you tight as well with Kenworth Road. Mm. That's not going to be easy for Sunderland to go to, but can they take that spirit on? Loads of fans around this area, oh, we're in London at the moment recording this, who will go to that one for Sunderland as well. League two, I've had a little look at Tranmere Cheltenham. I think that, that could be a good one for, for Tranmere. Cambridge United taking on Notts County and then Lincoln Swindon, the Cowleys against a former friend of the show. It's going to be one of those, I think, for Phil Brown that that he'll find tricky this weekend. Yeah, he might do because, yeah, Phil Brown likes to play decent football, fast-paced, on the floor. He preaches that kind of stuff and and Lincoln will be a little bit more more direct. Um, We saw them get off to a good start, didn't we, Lincoln at the weekend? And they win at at Northampton, far post-header. So, yeah, I think think Lincoln will start favourites there. They will grind out wins, I suspect, over and over again this season, the Imps. Yeah, no, good game, that one. Good match-up, two strong sides. I think you put Swindon in that little bracket just below the automatic contenders, similarly to Mansfield, I would say. And yeah, they'll try and play a little bit. The problem for Swindon at the moment, a bit light defensively. And when you're talking about the ammunition that Lincoln have got at the top end of the pitch, there's two uh, to come to mind, fit centre-halves at Swindon. Dion Conroy is a very good footballer from from Chelsea. Calm. Ollie Lancashire, who's missed a lot of football. So up against your Akindis and your your Matt Reeds, that'll be a test. And they shipped three there last season. So I'd expect goals, which way? Not too sure. A bit of a toss of a coin. I think actually last week we were talking about, I can't remember which defender it was, and I just went calm again. So every week I'm going to try and fit that in. Uh, Calm, Joe, Crilly. No, nothing. Uh, (laughs) Anything from League 2 stand out for you? I think that Lincoln game is is the the standout one. Maybe MK Donsbury, two teams that were relegated last season that will be hoping to, to get off to good starts in the division. If you are a fan of any of those clubs, League 2, League 1 or the Championship and you want to come on the show and shout about your club, you might have a film coming up but maybe not everyone will have that. At the Totally Show to get in touch too or if you just want to come on and say how much your club have improved over the, what, first 90 minutes this season too. And that of course will be this time next week. You might have two wins under your belt by then. Thanks to Joe Critty from William Hill, Sam Parkin and Adrian Clark. Thank you to you for listening as well all the way to the end, no matter how much this gets cut down to. I'm glad you enjoyed the 15 minutes. Uh, for everyone else besides, we will see you again next Tuesday, which apparently I didn't say enough last week because Ian says it in his own special way. So see you the day after Monday. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Totally Football League show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our brand new podcast for this season, the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven.